you're rocking the, the jet green right now. Adam Sandler. Right. Number one, you were rich, Eisen. The second will be, I see Brad Hirschberg <laughs> being your father. Dennis Miller. The autumn wind is caused by global warming. <laughs> Uh, a legend in the booth, Jim Brockmire. I do love watching Tebow play. I mm-hmm. gotta say, he just he combines all the fiery leadership of Ray Lewis with the uh, with the throwing ability of Ray Lewis. <laughs> and uh... I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, another three-podcast week for all you audio listeners out there on iTunes and also downloading us off of uh, whatever device you have and whatever manner in which you can download us, always available on the blog page, richeisen.nfl.com. Already this week, the two podcasts that we put out, one with the Danettes, the the men who help make the Dan Patrick Show go, the guts of that operation, Fritzy and Paul Pabst and uh, McLovin and Seton. They were in the new Sandler movie that's coming out next week on June 15th. Uh, that's my boy. Also, uh, Jack, uh, Jake Johnson of um, of uh, New Girl on Fox, big Bears fan. We paired him together with Sam Farmer of the L.A. Times, who gave us an update on everything to do with L.A. football. We also have another movie to promote on this podcast, also happening to come out on June 15th. So we're going to raise all boats of films that come out. Uh, although That's My Boy is in wide release. This is a limited release that soon will be wider because it's going to be a popular film. Uh, Ice-T is here on the podcast. He has got uh, a new documentary out called The Art of Rap, Chris Law, correct? Yes. That's what it is called? The Art of Rap. He gets uh, gets together a, a bunch of the, the forefathers and founders of, uh, of the, the game, as they call it. Of the game. And they talk. And they talk about the the, uh, the history of, of hip-hop music, which now dates back over 30 years. Wow. Grandmaster Flash. It's over 30 years now, Chris Brockman. 30 years. Uh, it's about as old as I am. There you go. They've been doing rap music. Maybe you were, you were the sort of child born on this planet. Rich, have you ever... <laughs> that augured the popularity of hip-hop I'll music. have to ask my parents if that's the case. Go for it. Rich, have you ever purchased a rap album or a rap CD? Uh, I've I've purchased CDs that that are rapped. Got it. Got it. You know, yeah, Rich, that I have rapping. This. You're from Staten Island, home of the legendary... The Staten Island Streetwise Troubadours. The Wu-Tang Clan. The Wu-Tang Clan, Clan yes. Yeah. How are you not just fully in bed with them? Well, um, you know... Um, the RZA, the Jizza, the Ghostface Killer. Listen, and, and I, I can't say, you know, I can't just say, hey, I'm a Jew, because the Beastie <laughs> Boys, correct? Right. Let's rest be honest. Rest in peace, MCA. I mean, so uh, Jews can rap, too, uh, obviously. There's no question about that. No but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, th- th- I'll just say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a white Jew from New York City. It, you know, I would have had to have s- sought it out, and it just, you know, I didn't. Right. But I do have uh, considerable street credibility. Let's not be. It's true. I've got a great story about this, actually. Um, you know, having sat next to Stuart Scott for seven years, and he would lace his entire Sports Center uh, uh, presentation with lyrics from hip hop and rap music and stuff like that. His, I would uh, do it. North Carolina, wave your wave your uh, shirt around like a helicopter. One. Sure, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean he would do that all the time. You know, and I would look at him and say, well, uh, "That went over my head. I have no idea." <laughs> Then I'd make a Seinfeld reference, and he'd go, what's that from? Right. And I'm like, that's from Seinfeld. And Stuart looked at me. He goes, man, brothers don't watch Seinfeld. 
That was his response. So one 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 night, um, I'm done with a sports center with Stuart in an 11 o'clock Eastern Sports Center. Finish up at midnight. We get in a car and go down to New York because that was the uh, NBA All Star Game in New York. I believe that's the one where Kobe waved Carl Malone off the blocks in Madison Square. Remember, Carl was posted up, yeah. calling for okay. the ball, and Kobe waved him away so he could drive. <laughs> MVP, to the hoop, and that, that created that created a little yeah. bit of a, a stink. What year was that? I was in the early 2000s, I believe. Um, one, maybe? But at any rate, there was a, that was the All-Star Weekend. We did a Friday night or a Saturday night sports center. I forget which night. Anyway, with a lead foot, you can get down to New York City at that time of night just before 2 a.m. With a lead foot, okay, 145, 150 in the morning. We get to the party. The party's at the old All-Star Cafe. That Shaq was a part owner with Ti- with Tiger. Oh, right. You remember all those yeah. all the celebrities of the sports world put together to try and come up with like a Planet Hollywood type right. uh, uh, restaurant. Anyway, that was in Times Square of New York. We get there to Times Square, and um, the party's closing up. Just perfect New York City. There's a cop that's out there on Times Square, just as everybody's spilling out. A cop recognizes Stuart and I and they're like what are you doing here we're like well we're going to that party he goes the party's closed and Stuart asked the cop do you know where everyone's going and the cop did know actually and gave us the location of the next spot which was something like 33rd and 11th Avenue the coordinates of a location I've I've never been in my entire life I'm I'm a New York City native okay never been to that area of, of New York City so we start walking to the west, heading that way, and I am slowly but surely becoming the only white person in the vicinity. And Stewart is walking through, and it is like Elvis is entering the building. The Red Seas are parting as Stuart Scott is as we're walking further and further and further. And people stop at him left and right. And my favorite one was this guy stops him. Stuart Scott! Oh, my God. Stu. Then he looks at me and he goes, and the white guy. (laughs) I love the white guy is what he said. So you have street cred. Well, I mean, that's where it began. That's where it was born. That's where it was born. We'll Uh, find out after this interview how much much you have. Huh? We'll find out after this interview, I guess. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I should give a whirl. Maybe Maybe I should rap something for him. Maybe I should freestyle. Freestyle. Not the worst idea you've had. <laughs> what is the worst idea that I've had? That I don't know if we can say that on air. Oh boy! Not inviting me to the party with uh, oh with Aaron Andrews. Night. Oh, and Aaron Andrews has since tweeted at Chris Law. It's at to- at Topher Law. At Topher Law on uh, Twitter. Twice, actually, Rich. She's yeah. tweeted at you, and I responded twice to no response from any of the. Yeah, well, you're parties. some Jamoke. Who are you? Exactly. Who are you? I was actually waiting for Aaron to write back, who are you? <laughs> He's Maine's yeah, only local celebrity. And you're right? someone who would respond, I'm not somebody who would bring up Beatles' name exactly. or misconstrue you for Jen Brown. Right. <laughs> I did not there. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe, the, maybe the first. Oh, boy. <laughs> yep. And uh, so we tweeted, though. You tweeted a couple pictures out. Yeah. I retweeted one. Oh, I said, I then said to you. Who's Blue Jacket? I don't know. Who, who was that dude? 
I, do we I don't know who know. that well, dude was? If you, was if you recall, we were we were talking to uh, to Aaron and her sister. He was uh, talking Kendra, up Kendra, and he was talking to. Kendra. He was talking. No, no, he was not talking to Kendra talking, or with Kendra. He was talking her up. Yes, he was, there's no question. He was spitting some he was. heavy game at Kendra, and uh, then Kendra casually dropped, "Oh yeah, my boyfriend that I live with or and something," and he, he beelined it out. Ghosted. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that before. My, I mean, seriously, when she was finished with her sentence. He spun on a heel and walked away. He was gone. And, and then Aaron. There's no question that's it. the truth, right? I mean, yeah. that happened. Yep. It was amazing. I've never seen anything like but it before. more importantly, you got a picture wearing the guy's jacket. Well, I mean, he had like this aqua blue jacket on. From that the I think, Johnson Limited collection. Well, as I, as I tweeted out, like, I think it's illegal to wear in 15 states in the United States. That thing was ridiculous. Okay. And um, so he was still there. And he, how did he get in the picture after he ghosted? Well, cause, on, on Kendra, because uh, he was over a couple like ten feet away, and then you went over and were like, "I'm wearing that." Well, guy's well, he, you took a picture with him, and this was at Will Forte's table. Oh, boy, we're dropping names left yeah. and right here. Somebody tweeted at me, accusing me that this podcast is getting too Hollywood. By the way, too Hollywood. Uh, I don't think that could ever happen. Really. I, I guess he didn't download the Sam Farmer podcast. <laughs> yeah. That couldn't have been deeper. Um, at any rate, so or more dense, uh, the NFL. So uh, the guy reappeared all of a sudden and took a picture with everybody. And then I'm like, screw it, I'm going to get in this picture. And then went over to him and said, may I put on your jacket, which was about five sizes too small for me, <laughs> which I don't know if that means I'm not eating right or I'm... Or uh, I'm he was a frail man. He was frail. Okay. I was secretly so I hoping that, that was your jacket. No, it was definitely not. Rich was sporting the vest, as he, as he said. I was sport, yeah. <laughs> sporting the vest. Oh, the zip up. All right, so we've had a fun week. Uh, and Ice-T is here now promoting this film that looks awesome. I mean, the names of the guys yeah, that he no got, doubt. he got everybody. I'm out, I, I, I shouldn't say that would surprise me. He's iced tea. He can pretty much call anybody in his industry and say, hey, I want to talk with you about the industry and how you do it. Right. The answer is, okay, when? So he's put that together, and uh, we'll talk about that with him. Apparently, he's a big fan of two football teams. We'll suss that out with him as well. And then on the back end of it, we're going to announce the winner of our Step in Rich's Shoes contest, who's going to be able to appear on this podcast, fan of this podcast, appear on it. Uh, and also get an autographed copy of my my forty yard dash shoes. So let's get Excellent. that's what's coming up right now. Though Ice Tea, pleased to have now on the Rich Eisen podcast one of the greats, one of the goats, <laughs> one of the greats of all time. His uh, new film, Something from Nothing: The Art of Rap, is going to be coming out on June fifteenth. Great to see you, Ice Tea. Thanks for having me. Man. How are you? This is really cool. I've never been up here to this whole NFL compound. This yeah. is really, really impressive. This is our, these are, you come through the pearly gates and this is the, the, the NFL. People say the NFL is not in Los Angeles. That's not true. Hey, We're cool. right here. I seem to know a lot of people that work here too. Do so you really? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm an LA cat, so right. I know a lot of people from LA and a lot of people are employed here. Obviously, it's a good look. Right. So that you're a Raiders guy, right? Pretty well, much. Or You got to know when you come from LA, you have no options. You know, you, we, I, I I was when I first started rapping, you know, back in the 80s and stuff and, you know, moving into the 90s, you had to have that Raiders, you know, jersey and that 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 Raiders jacket and and hip hop. We, you know, Cube actually did a film about it. But, you know, we we championed that Raiders logo and took it across country. That was the way we said we from L.A., you know, and um you always be a diehard Raiders fan once you start with the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, Cube did a great 30 for 30 documentary. Mm-hmm. I was in that. You were in that, mm-hmm. I know. How how integral to the growth of hip-hop was the Los Angeles Raiders? Well, you know what it was? 
rap music is really based around where you're from. Really a rapper, you're kind of like a cheerleader for a neighborhood. You're, like, you're, you're really saying, hey, you know, whether it's your school or, you know, it's your affiliation. So we were all from L.A., but as we started to travel across country, the easiest way to say where you're from is that that Raiders hat, you know, or that beanie or that jacket, you know. So it was kind of like we all took the teams, you know, and, and connected to it. You see all the, the kids from New York who rocked the Yankees hat, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But we wore the Raiders. We wore the football team. And uh, it was just an important thing. You know, they represented, you know, that edgy, uh, aggressive stance that hip-hop had early, and it just fit right in. I actually, my my organization called the Rhyme Syndicate actually did a, a redid the logo is that right? Yeah. I mean, illegally. But we kind of <laughs> redid the Raiders logo yeah. and kind of turned it into a homeboy. And instead of the cross swords, we cross rifles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was a syndicate um, badge. But, you know, nothing but love for the Raiders. Well, who was your favorite Raider then? When I, you were rooting for the L.A. Raiders. Wow. I mean. Who was your guy? Is it Marcus? Marcus Allen was always, I mean, you got to know. I mean, of course, I mean, there's so many back then. I don't care. But yeah, I'll say Marcus Allen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the Raiders were playing in the, the Coliseum and it, it went in Super Bowls. And- Everybody was a beast on the team. You know what I'm saying? It seemed like the Raiders were like a, a team that just as easily would, you know, beat you in that arena or go out and play you in the parking lot and beat you, you right. know. And, and, you know, Al Davis was crazy. And he had it going, and it was his team, and he was not going to let that team go. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like a tragedy now that, you know, in a city like L.A., you know, lack of a football team. You know what I'm saying? This is L.A. It's almost two two decades now. How's that? I don't know how that's possible. Yeah. I mean, well, it's just the stadiums and building a new one and who's going to come and why would they come? Who's going to come? This is Los Angeles. I mean, it, I mean, I, I what did, are they saying that people in L.A. have better things to do? Maybe so. Yeah, because you, you go know. to a small town and they go to high school football games. You come to L.A. and we're too busy to go to a pro football. Well, as you know, the high school football scene here is pretty vibrant, too. Yeah. Right? I mean, we yeah. get high school football Friday night, but on you know, Saturday, Sunday afternoon. We have things to do. Things There are other things to do. <laughs> You know, LA in Los is Angeles, else. you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if that's okay. I don't know if that's okay. But I mean, I think we will in our lifetimes see a team back here. They probably won't play at the Coliseum. We need a new stadium. There's we no need, doubt about that. You no, know, we got. We need something. We got. We got. Need the booths. We need all the all the the, the, the bells and whistles to go with pro football mm-hmm. now. Definitely. Yeah, I know. So, but you're from. You're born in Newark, right? Yes, sir. Yes, from sir. From Newark, mm-hmm. New Jersey. Yeah. How long were you? Were you there? Were you there very long? Or? Well, yeah. I was born in Newark. I, I um, moved to. Summit, New Jersey, which is right outside in Newark with my mother and father. My mother passed when I was in the third grade. My father passed when I was in the seventh grade. So, you know, I was a young buck. And I came out to Los Angeles to live with my father's sister, my aunt. And uh, I started off going to junior high out here in Culver City at Palms. I was bust. And then when I got to high school, I didn't want to bust anymore. And I went to Crenshaw. So... You know, that's kind of like the birth of Ice-T, you know, when I started, you know, getting out there trying to find myself as a teenager. And how did you, how did you find yourself as a teenager? Just getting involved, you know, with the gangs and a lot of negativity first. And 
Then I was a teen parent. I was 18 years old. And, uh, you know, I got my girlfriend pregnant. She was in the 10th grade. So I tried to become responsible and I went into the military. I did four years in the military. Which branch? Army. I was at 25th Infantry Schofield Barracks in Hawaii, uh, Tropic Lightning. And then when I came back from there, I got back in more trouble, you know, still didn't have any direction. And then hip hop music just came. And uh, how did it just come? When did it, it happen? When it, did it first hit you? Hit me around 1982. And, um, you know, I heard it when I was in the army. I came home with the intentions of being a DJ. And I just started making rhymes. And first I didn't have my hooks in it. I was just trying to rhyme like New York rappers. But then they said, rhyme about the stuff you guys are doing, like the negative stuff on the street. And I said, well, you know, I don't want to tell nobody to do it. They say, well, tell them you did it and tell them how to avoid it, you know? So uh, I did a song called Six in the Morning, which is about getting woke up by the cops and taking off on a, a crazy run across L.A. And it was the invention of what they call gangster rap. But, you know, when people hear the word gangster rap, it just means rapping from a gangster perspective. You know, it's not like I'm rapping from a school teacher's perspective or a football player's perspective. I'm rapping from a kid that's in the streets, maybe, you know, possibly up to no good. And so when did you hit it then? When did you hit it big? Which I hit one? it with that record. I didn't know it was anything special. But one day uh, I got a call to do a show in, 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 in uh, uh, Frisco at the Fillmore West. I'm like, they really want me to come? They're like, yeah. And I said, okay. So I, I took the show. I sold the Fillmore out two nights with this song. And I'm like, wow. And this, But this before, there's blogs, internet, uh, cell phone. You know, so yeah. word of mouth really had to get out in, in the actual old school way where people are actually talking about it. There's nothing better than word of mouth, honestly. You know, if you can really get it to start happening. Yeah. In a way, that's how we're promoting this movie. But it's like... Back then, kids would go to the record store and they would find something. They would hear something's cool and they would go to the record store and they'd look. And, you know, then you got the guy at the record store who's kind of like leading you in like, yo, this is what everybody's buying. He was very important. The guy that owned the record store, he could kind of lead you toward things. Um, I was doing an interview with a girl the other day. She was 21. And I told her, I said, well, I sold you know, six consecutive gold and platinum albums. But that was when people went and bought records from the record store. She said, what's a record store? No, she did not. I swear to God. She did not say that. And then my, my all I could say, I said, well, you know, like Tao. No, not Tao. Uh, like Warehouse. No, like F. Like There's no frame of reference. So she goes, like Best Buy? Oh. And I said, <laughs> well, Best Buy would prefer to sell you a refrigerator, <laughs> you know? So we're did in a little piece die inside you when you're having this conversation? Well, I, mean, uh, well th th I, I left out another part. She said, what record do you make? did you make? And I was like, honey, honestly, they came out before you were born. <laughs> so I felt like Frank Sinatra at that moment. And, and it, it was a trip because now with the Internet, you have more access to music, but most kids don't really seek it out. So if it's not being pumped through the radio... They don't know it exists or think it's good. So it's it's got a double-edged sword. When I was making music, you'd seek it out. Now, if it's not coming through the radio, so now that puts you at the mercy of the radio. Yeah, and it, I'm just doing the math in my head as you were talking about. 
um, that story as well as how you got started. It's 30 years now. This is a 30 yeah. year anniversary of, yeah. of your of your first record. Yeah. And back in 82, you go back 30 years. You are talking about Sinatra, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's how that's how old, mm-hmm. in a way, hip hop is thirty years, yeah. and it seems again from from what I could tell, something from nothing, the art of rap. This is the first look, comprehensive look yeah. at the history well, of of hip hop music and it's, rap. It's kind of like the history told by by the by the pioneers. And it kind of follows the growth from the early rappers like Grandmaster Kaz and Bambada and Melly Mel all the way up to people like Kanye West and Eminem and, you know, Snoop. It, it kind of like what happened was I was looking at the condition of rap. And I know that right now, because of the way the radio controls it, it's starting to become pop. And when I say pop, it just means it becomes watered down and you're just making something that the radio wants to hear. But rap was a counterculture. It was meant to ruffle some feathers and say things that we weren't getting out of songs. It was the ability, like you say, get on the mic, say what you want. That's that's really liberating when you have an art form that allows that. But now as the radio starts to filter it and tell you what you can do, and now you're an artist and you want to make some money, I mean, you know, so you kind of start to limit what you're doing. So I said, you know what, I want to do a movie and really document where this came from and it should come from somebody who lived in it. I don't want someone else to try to document my history. And I called up all my friends. I said, I got an idea. I want to do a movie, but I'm not going to ask you about the money, the cars, the girls, the jury, the beef. I'm asking about the craft. Like, where are you when you write a rhyme? What goes into your mind? What's your, what's your work ethic? How do you get down? And everybody was like, you know, no one's ever asked me that question. (laughs) You know, we live in such a gossip, gossip based society now so we shot for two years two years yeah and that was only because i had to triangulate each artist meaning like dr dre might say yeah ice i can do it but i'm doing law and order my camera crew's coming from london so when he's available i'm not available so to get that to hit was difficult and um you know we're working on a budget it's an independent film we don't have you know, we once we fly a crew out, we got to get everybody. It was work. It was work. And then licensing the records. Of course. That yeah. must have, forget about that. You must have a whole crew that was working on actually getting the rights to this music. I wish we about. had a whole crew. We had like two people. Wow. You know, so, you know, we just, we, the only. The That's o- hard work. That might have been the hardest work, including the Don't logistics. tell my manager that. He's going to want more money. Sorry. But, you know, the thing of it was, was we, we only had a goal to make it to Sundance Film Festival. That's all I wanted to do. I said, if I make it to Sundance, it'll be a success. That's all I cared about. And um, I didn't want to shoot any, use any stock footage. I wanted all original footage. When we got, we went to Sundance, we got bought the first day wow. by a company called Indomnia. And now we have a theatrical release, which doesn't happen for documentary movies. No. No, no, it does not. That's no. a very. It's a rarity. Yeah, it's a rarity. Well, congratulations on that. Um, and what? What? I want to dive in a little bit in terms of uh, when people are talking about the Raiders come back to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are saying that they're going to have to rebrand the team because people are saying this because of what the colors mean and what what it means in terms of uh, gangs here in Los Angeles. That's it would be stupid. tough. It would be tough to sell to bring them back to Los Angeles. And I'd love to ask you. That's stupid. What, I mean, what you what you think of when you hear something like that? Gangs are gangs. 
And gangs don't wear black and gray. The L.A. gangs have two very prominent colors, yes. blue and red. They don't wear gray and, and black, silver and black. Um, I don't, I mean, the Raiders are the Raiders. If you try to, what are you going to turn them into, the, the Hollywood Raiders? You know, what are they going to be stars? Right. The, the, you know, that Los Angeles stars. That That's not tough. I mean, it's a football team, you know, so... I don't know what those people are talking about. I think, you know, the L.A. gangs, that's a whole nother situation. It has absolutely nothing to do with football. And uh, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, if they're worried about sponsors and all that kinds of stuff, I just think that's just a stupid comment. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it, it, you got to carry on the tradition of the team. You don't want the team to be involved in any negativity. We're going to keep them clean. They are a football team. But that tough edge of the Raiders, that's what's kept them popular still to today. Why why rebrand them? Mm-hmm. You know, just 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 get, just get a winning team right. and they'll rebrand themselves. And you were talking about uh, being in New York for Law & Order. Yeah. Um, do you find at any point the irony that you're on a, a show called Law & in order. order. Yeah, after after my career. I have let's put it like this. I've had a lot of experience with the cops. So <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to put yeah. It, right? and, and and you know, my first acting debut was playing a cop in uh, New Jack City. So I was more scared then, because I just had the original gangster album. But when New Jack City did well, I realized people understand the difference between acting and, you know, your your personal persona. And so, you know, when New, New York, under, I mean, when I did New York Undercover, I right. played a bad guy. Right. This is my fifth job with Dick Wolf, the producer of Lauren. Well, that's not a bad guy to have as, as someone who's going to hire you. I love Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf was paid for a lot of houses, a lot of cars. <laughs> I mean, Maybe a movie you know, that's I mean, coming out on June Dick 15th. Wolf, I mean, hey, you know, they say in this business, all you need is one good person to like you. Yes. And for some reason, Dick Wolf likes me and uh, I, I I think I'm bringing it to the play. I'm on his team. You're on his team. You know, and I've been handling my position, mm-hmm. whatever position he asked me to play. And uh, I just been very, very, very fortunate and stuff. Yeah. So I'm on Law and Order. But the cool thing is the cop I play on Law and Order is Ice-T if I was a cop. And we're busting child molesters and pedophiles. So those guys don't even make it in prison. Right. You know, so the guys I'm really busting are the scum of the earth and everybody likes to see me bust them in the head. <laughs> <laughs> and have you fallen in for uh, a New York team for your time? Oh, yeah. absolutely. You know, when I first got to New York, I really didn't have a team. But a few years ago, I became friends with Darrell Revis. Uh-huh. You know, I had a friend, she introduced me. Darrell loves music and he was like a super big fan of mine. So he's like, I see, oh my God, you know, he's a young guy. He's like excited to meet me. I'm like, hold up, you can't be this excited. You, you, you know, Darrell Revis, you know, I'm, I'm living on your island, you know. <laughs> so he was like a really humble, cool guy. And before I knew it, I'm up in his booth. I'm meeting his mother. I'm meeting his grandma, everybody. I know the whole family now. And, you know, put me in a booth. Feed me some some food and give me a drink. Mm-hmm. I got the jersey on. I got the hat. I'm a hardcore Jets fan. You got now. the whole working. I, I, I got I got the whole hookup. And you know, being from Jersey, born in Jersey, and raised in L.A., it's only right that I rock the Jets and the Raiders. There you go. So I got to ask you about the Jets then. 
because Revis is as good as they get now. There's no question. No, he he is. He's, he's a is, super athlete. He's a super athlete, a superstar, and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot going on with him right now. He may he may hold out. I mean, there's a lot of grief that's coming his way already. Well, just you know even what the it suggestion is. of it. You know what it is. I, I look at it like this. Right now, I'm I'm doing my reality show called Ice Loves Coco. Yes. So people are like, "Yo, are you coming back for the third season?" Well, no one signed any papers, you know. So at some point, you know, in this business, you got to leave things, kind of let it ling- linger, mm-hmm. you know, because it is a business. Now, you know, is he is that something against the team or is that just a personal thing? I don't know, but I know he's going to make the right decision. You know, he he he's a smart guy and he's a really good person, you know, Um I, I see when I'm with somebody, I don't just watch how they treat me. I watch how they treat everybody, you know, because some people will treat me special because I'm, you know, whatever celeb and then be mean to other people. He's a good dude. So whatever he does, I'm, I got his back. Right. How is it going to work with Tebow and Sanchez? I, how in the world is that going to work in New York City with two guys? You know what Sanchez has received in terms of accolades, but also grief over the first three seasons. And now here comes Tebow. Tebow. I mean, that's got to be the scariest thing. You know, I mean, come on. That's like me on Law and Order. All of a sudden they bring in Terrence Howard, you know, (laughs) right next to me. You know, I'm like, dude, you kind of we could be related. Now you've playing the same position as me. But you know what? Might make Sanchez step up to the plate, you know, to know that that Tebow's standing right over his shoulder. I mean, I think the most pressure is going to be when they first put Tebow into it for whatever reason, you know. And if he's coming in as support for Sanchez, more than likely he'll be coming in when they're losing, Mm -hmm. you know. So he's going to be under super scrutiny at that moment. Now, if he comes in and then wins that game, well, now we got a whole new deck of cards. We do. And I think of, <laughs> of what you've just said, the most three important words were for whatever reason. Yeah. That's the question. What will the reason be? Is yeah. it just going to be that they've scripted the plays just because they have Tebow, they got to use him? Or is it because Sanchez needs a break right. and they bring him in? Right. Or is it because Sanchez is doing great and they just want to see what Tebow is doing to try and mess with the defense at the yeah. time? And does that mess with what's going on in the game? It's just... I mean, and this is just five ideas off the top of and my head. And at the end of the day, man, the receivers, man, we got to catch the ball. You know, we got to catch the ball, too, you know, because it's a team sport, you know. So they got to, you know, the line got to give them both time. You know, the receivers got to catch the ball. I mean, every everybody, no one person can win a football team, you mm-hmm. know, unless the quarterback is going to take it off the center every play and run the ball down the field himself, which, you know. So everybody has to play their position. So... It'll be interesting, but it's going to put a lot of eyes on the Jets this season. All eyes on the Jets. Let's see what happens. I know. And there's only a Super Bowl winning team that plays in the same building as them. Yeah. And there's not as many eyes on them, even yeah. though they've won the Super Bowl two well, of the last four years. It's crazy. You know, sometimes you get the press on you. It, it hurts because people want more out of it. But, you know, hey, you know, like I, I, I'm sure Darrell feels like, yo, that's not my position. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 right. it, they all got to look out for themselves in this situation. But, hey, I think it'll help. I think it's going to make Sanchez step his game up. And it's gonna, and Tebow's going to know, yo, when you do come in, you better produce because people are looking for it. So they're going to have two, you know, two real quarterbacks going for it. I don't think that could be a bad look. Do you, do you play fantasy football? Do you have time to do you that? You know what? 
I'm gonna be honest. I I do not understand fantasy football. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I I mean I I've seen people play it. Is I that know, is that you trying to just add to your street cred? Is that what that was right there? I mean, did that hurt my street cred? <laughs> no, it definitely didn't. It didn't, no. <laughs> it didn't. I don't know. That's how far I am from it. I mean, right. you know, I I, I I understand betting on football pools more than that. Sure. Then I don't right. get fantasy much anything <laughs> <laughs> you live it yeah yeah and this this movie looks great like i said something from nothing the art of rap uh it's coming to a theater near you i mean the, the people that you have interviewed for mm-hmm. this thing have been i mean it's quite a list of people that you've interviewed who did you you interviewed uh you got snoop yeah you got uh kanye kanye and you got eminem eminem I mean, I've got Mortal Technique. I've got underground MCs like Chino XL, Big Daddy Kane, KRS One, uh, LA. I got uh, Dub C, Razcast. I mean, I just went through my address book, man, and I, I picked out people that represent all the different facets of hip hop because mm-hmm. people think it's one music. No, there's all kinds of different rappers, but all of their voices together tell one story, and the story is. Rap music requires skill. Hip-hop requires skill. It's not a joke. It's not something that should be washed under the, you know, swept under the carpet. It's an American-born art form. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, we we don't respect our stuff to, like, somebody else. Like, I get a, a camera crew from London, and they're, like, in awe of every rapper. You know, sure. so yeah, I mean, you, you, you somebody from here like ah, rappers, I know them, they live down the street, you know, whatever. But this is a youth movement that kids made. And now it's part of American culture. And, you know, the Taco Bell commercial, they're rapping. The weatherman were, is rapping. Every, I was on KTLA this morning. The weatherman busts a rhyme. Is that right? He wants a record deal. How was it? Is it any good? It was what you expect from a weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to see. I'd love to see that. And, and in that respect, um, just to prove again um, that it does take some skill, um, I, I have to let you know it does seem to have a comprehensive list of people that you have spoken mm-hmm. to. You did leave one person out. Who's that? And that would be that would be me. Oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Okay, now, uh, you got you got that. skills. Well, I I, I I I wouldn't spell it with a Z. I mean, but I have I have <laughs> I, I have skills. Okay, let's uh, see. But I, I've can you? I've got I've got a, a rap right go here. Go a cappella. I'm I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna. But you you help me if please if if you feel I need. I'll do I'll do the X factor. Okay. <laughs> don't turn your. <laughs> I was about to say it's better than the voice. I don't want you to turn your back on okay. me uh, because it is. This is a package. You know what I mean? It's, I, I'm, it's I'm, a visual and an audio. Let's put it here. like this: You're going to find out in the movie. They say the first thing mm-hmm. is you must be original. Okay, that's original. This is original. This is original, right here. I see. I ain't seen a rapper look. I'm like the only you. one in Prada. That's maybe be the only one. Okay, here we go. My name's Rich Eisen. I have a podcast. Miss a scheduled appearance, and I'll put you on blast. New York is my home. The island of Staten. I've conquered Bristol, even Manhattan. Now I'm on the West Coast, relaxing and chill, living on the mead streets of Beverly Hill. Oh, man. Rapping isn't my forte, in case you couldn't tell. I'm more relaxed on the network, NFL. That was Cole right there. 
That was cold. The syllables was in pocket. Your delivery was tight. You said it like you meant it. Yeah. You way better than a lot of rappers that are making <laughs> yes! records right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel way bad better. for them. Way better. I'm telling you, man, that, you know, I'm really impressed. Thank you. I'm really Thank impressed. You, well, maybe next time when you do another film, you come around with me. I'll but talk about Minecraft. I could tell you took a little time and you thought about that. Mm-hmm. And that's all we saying with the movie, man. You know, if you take your time and you do your work and 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 and, and perfect your craft, it'll be good work. I can't wait to see this. This is really uh, this is great because, like you said, it's funny when when you ask a simple question and the answer is nobody's ever really asked me that. You've found something. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just that nobody's ever really stopped. Well, you know, they ask to you. ask them about how they go about doing it. You make an album. You go. You know. You go sit on the toilet and you make an album. You know, it's like, no, that's not how it's done. But one of my friends said, he said, Ice, you know what it is? You guys make it look easy. And since people have seen you guys rap off your head, Mm -hmm. just make it up. They think that's how it's done. But some of this stuff is very intricate wordplay. You know, it's hard to do. People that thinking about seeing a movie, I want them to go. They can go to the website, you know. What's the website? Mm Theartofrap.com. And they can see the trailer. They can see the cast. You know, they can see what this is all about. You can follow me on Twitter at final level. I'm giving you the play by play up to June 15th. And, um, you know, we want a blockbuster. We, we will qualify to be able to be nominated for Oscar. We're not stopping with this. Now we want, we want the big O. Well, I got to <laughs> let you know the last documentary, uh, and documentarian that was here was for the movie undefeated mm-hmm. and they won the Oscar. See? That's all I'm saying. I'm not I'm not did connecting too chair? many dots here. No. Oh, he sat in that chair, yeah. Okay. He did. He did. He did. He sat in that very chair. I'm rub some of that love off of <laughs> the rub. Oscar gold. That's what I'm saying. It's That's what I'm there. saying. I want to have so the homies can rock Oscars around their chain. We get some mini Oscars. <laughs> well, the code the undefeated guys didn't say that. The, yeah. the, that's where that's where you guys have a different uh different style. But yeah. it it'll be great uh coming out on June 15th and again go to theartofrap.com to learn more and also at final level. Finally. At final level on Twitter, baby. Okay. Good to see you, Ice T. Good run. Good run. Thank you. Thank you. So, do I get a... You get the title MC. MC Rich? Yeah, you can be MC Rich. You know, that means you're a master of ceremonies. You you don't only just talk on the mic, you control the crowd. I, I don't even know. I should just retire. <laughs> I should... <laughs> I'm out. I would have told you if that rap was whack. I really would. I know I that. I would have said, not. "Come on, man, who wrote that? That's corny." Right. That but was, if, that was and well, it, like it, I said, it came from it came from the heart, from the mean streets of Beverly Hill. That's the art of rap. Thank you. Good okay, to see Ice T. My man, Ice T, right here on the Rich Eisen podcast. That's it, folks. I should I should end the podcast, and not but just like this show. I mean, doing the podcast. It can't. How much better does it get than um, being dubbed MC Rich? You really just need to drop the mic. And walk out. I think that's how you end it. By the way, that's the way I do karaoke uh, my way Josh, for Sinatra. That is your go-to, right? My way, Sinatra? No, my go-to, my go-to is That's Life. That's Life. That uh-huh. brings the house down. But my way, after you, you you finish it, you take the mic and slam it down to the ground and walk out. Because there's no, I mean, what else needs to be said? It's like Costanza. You just leave. Right. Yeah. So absolutely. I've done that. I've done that at the, um, I've done that at the Pro Bowl. And that's when I was accused of waking up half of the hotel because I did it at like one in the morning. That's when uh, Jeff's, uh, uh, I believe it was, um, I believe it was John Lynch the next day on live TV, Saturday, and Manning 
were all mentioning it. It's Jamie Dukes who's interviewing them in the final practice, live TV, saying, I woke up his uh, family, woke up his kids. <laughs> My way. You just slam the mic down and leave. Very yeah, I'm, I'm, Again, I'm more Sinatra than I am rap, although I did show off some quality stylings there, did I not? Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty impressive. Um, you wrote it up. Yeah, uh, well, you guys wrote it up. My two Chris's wrote it up. And you, you kind of, you had it blind though, like you hadn't. Seen I had not seen it. I hadn't read it. I came in halfway during the interview and handed it to you. Right. I read that blind, right? You read it blind, and you, uh, you hit your, uh, you hit your marks right. Did you, did you have a favorite line in the rap, Rich? Anything that stood out to you? Oh, uh, I just thought it was funny, but you know the the. Beverly, don't, don't lie, you blacked Beverly out. Beverly Hill. You don't even remember. I, I you don't blacked even remember out. the lines. You, you blacked out. I'm like, where's the piece of paper? Where did I put it? I blacked out. <laughs> nice. Uh, that was fun. Oh, um, okay, let's get to the the big moment. We've been talking about this for several weeks. Months. months. Yeah. Right. The Step in Rich's Shoes contest. You um you you entered. The person who provided the most new subscribers to the podcast wins, and we have a winner that this person will appear uh, either in person or via Skype because one thing that we definitely don't have the budget for is to bring them in, correct? They yes. have to get there on their own devices. We don't, on, we on don't, we, we do not, we do not advise uh, or condone hitchhiking or walking. We give out prizes, we charge you for shipping, and we do not advise. Okay, for, no, that's the way it works. We pay for the shipping. That's the way it works. Oh, do we pay? We do? We pay, we do okay, pay that's good. Shipping. I'm glad to hear that. Um... And you also, I will autograph my 40-yard dash shoes and hand them to you if you are physically here, or if not, ship them to you at no charge to them, correct? Yes. All right, Chris Law, you've got the winner, right? I have the winner. And that... uh, so the winner of the Step in Riches Shoes promotion is Chris Barba. Chris Barba. And, uh, he's B-A-R-B-A? B-A-R-B-A. Uh, it looks like he's on Twitter, and uh, his Twitter name is Chris G. Barba. So we will certainly be in touch. With him and set this up for okay. hopefully next week. Awesome. Congratulations to Chris. And I hope you're not an axe murderer. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the zombie apocalypse going on right now. Oh, uh, don't even. I'll cut that. You're too much. <laughs> no, I don't have to cut that. Don't cut that. I mean, Game, Game of Thrones, that's setting up next season. Oh, Rich. dude. Uh, Game of Thrones and Mad Men this it's past so week. Amazing. Stupid. By the way, thanks for the hashtag at Chris underscore Brockman. I hadn't watched Mad Men yet. Yeah, that's the thing. I was getting Don't blasted by put, people. Do here's not put on Look, Twitter. Listen, here's the listen deal. I cannot that stop was, my Twitter life based on whether I've seen something yet here's or not. Here's the deal, though. You Sunday nights, you've got to know not to really pay attention if but you haven't seen it. And people plus, scroll down their entire inbox I of people that they follow. like three hours after it aired. If I not, won't even... This is now me, days after this is aired. And I, I have watched it. But if you're not watching I the penultimate episode I of have, Mad Men that's been so ridiculous My wife was lately. not at home. She was out of town. And out of respect to the woman that I love and it will be married to for, by the way, nine years this week. Oh, congratulations. Thank congratulations, you. Thank you. Congratulations. Um... I lost my train of thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. out of respect, I was waiting episode. for her. All right. So I hit. Single I hit, Chris doesn't get this. Now she here. did. She did. She did. She did at least understand. I had to watch Game of Thrones. Had to do it on the spot. So, you know. My uh, philosophy is, you, but you can you can tweet live sports because that's on you. But, but here, shows. But, Come on, a right, show like right, to look. the point where it is days later. I'm not even mentioning now what you gave away. I understand, but here's what I'm saying: those two shows have been so amazing in recent weeks. Yes. And there's only two episodes left. If you're not watching the penultimate episode day of... Good use that, of penultimate. That's on you. No, it's not. There's TV's different. TV shows are different. 
TV shows are different. Uh, and I got into an argument on Twitter with someone. You else should. About this. They should. They should. They should treat you like Spike Lee. All right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the greatest Twitter moment of 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 the past few months, is it not? Is when it the one I'm thinking the, of? The, twi- the Spike oh, Lee, Chris Spike Brockman Lee Twitter war. Bomb oh, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were talking talking about Spike Lee's more infamous. No, 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 no. I'm not no, talking no, no, about no. Spike no. Lee calling me a blankety blank. No, I'm. It's all about the podcast. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going outside the podcast yeah, uh, no, circle no, no. here. If someday we get Spike Lee on the show, we will talk about this. I've, I've, I have a feeling in, in the booking process, I won't mention you. <laughs> Who do we have next week? Uh, next week, we have the hilarious Sklar brothers. Uh, yeah, I was on their podcast. Those guys, and are, they're coming those on guys are funny. They're super witty. Yeah, those guys are great. Um, yeah, they've got a show called The United Stats of America on Tuesday nights on the History Network, uh, Channel. So uh, we'll talk about that and, and their podcasts and just their unique takes on things. Who else do we have? Well, we're still further vetting out the Estrogen Pact uh, podcast. Well, I thought we we yeah, that's yeah. Fight Club. We don't that's talk true. about that's Fight true. Club. That's yeah, true. Exactly. Okay. Uh, no, and um, uh, Caliendo, right? Yeah, Caliendo. Frank. Uh, should we? Because Mooch. No, 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 no. But no. Mooch, Mooch may listen, but okay. we've got we've got we've, we've got, got something some. planned. Yeah. Right, um, he won't listen, but we still don't want to say it because no, people because because pe- people can Twitter and just like I said, things get out. Right, things get out. Right, right. I'm just telling you, things get out, and we All don't right. want to do that. We put Look, a lid on it. I will not tweet about the Mad Men finale. Don't because okay? people sometimes leave stuff on their TiVo I days or not, and and, and they're it. busy people. They have reasons for it. You may have your schedule free. Don't well, no, take I watch your later viewpoint on. and just shove it on normal, other people. Normally I watch later on in the week. However, knowing how good the show's been, I, course, I didn't I, want it spoiled for me later me. on. So I was like, I got to watch Day Of. There you go. What, now uh, you understand how I feel. I get it. What a pretty pretty awesome sports weekend this weekend coming up. What are your plans for the Preakness or the, the Belmont? The Belmont. The Triple Crown. Are you watching that? Do you think he's going to do it? Um, I will be fun? on the set of The Great Escape shooting, uh, shooting episode finale? eight. Oh, episode eight. Mm-hmm. So I will not be. I will be tivoing the Belmont. Uh, well, don't check your Twitter. No, 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 not because no, no, no. I'm, I won't because my I t- I tivoed the Preakness for my son, uh, okay. who's again clo- pushing four years old. He loved it. We watched it nine times over, especially also because the the commercial before it uh, was the Madagascar three. So he loved watching the commercial and then watching the rig out. Chris Rock, let's get him on. Madagascar He's hilarious. Three. I saw it. I saw him again at Madagascar 3. I highly recommend it. Wig out. All right, guys. Thank you. All right, good stuff, Rich. We'll good see times. You, uh, good times. And congratulations to Chris Barba. Chris G. Barba. Yep. There you go. This show, Chris Central. That's right. Oh, let's not forget, Rich. An embarrassment of Chris's. Oh, here we go. We the international shout out. We almost week. did it. We almost forgot. Uh, so after uh, some requests online, I've given shout outs to England and Ireland. And now it's time. It's got to be Scotland. The international shout-out of the week, Scotland. There you go. So Thanks for go, listening abroad, guys. Way to Appreciate go, Braveheart. It. Just, just so you know how difficult this Freedom. was for him this week, we got a, we got a, a tweet from a guy asking for an international shout-out who was giving blood, and he took a tweet photo internationally of him giving blood Where? asking for him to be the international shout-out. Where? Um, was that was that over pull, a week yeah, ago? Where was that? Pull that up because uh, I responded. I said that's dedication. But if it was plasma, you'd be guaranteed. Yeah. To get the international <laughs> shout out. Hold on, let me. Blood's not quite there. I gotta scroll through. I don't know if I'm gonna get. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to him though. Yeah, I, I that was pretty amazing. And some yeah, I mean, how do you not give the international yeah, shout out I, I to someone who's giving blood? Well, hold on a second. No, hold you on. must have a trip planned to the uh, the United Kingdom. No, he wants to, he actually, wants to some sure. guy sent me uh, uh, a picture from the Uganda village too. 
they were uh, building water purification. Oh yeah, why why wouldn't you give a shout out to someone from Uganda making lives better? That's right. Yeah, just give it to the folks of Scotland. They deserve it. Rashad Cora, thanks for listening. <laughs> Two international shout outs in one week. Yeah. We gotta end this thing, Richard. Oh God, don't be careful. <laughs> what do you mean? Our, be our, careful. Our giveaway winners are from. Be internet. careful, Chris. You better parcel those out very easily. Look, we, uh, we it's only one planet. There's a out, finite we'll number of countries. countries. We will never get to intergalactic shout outs on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> so just Yet. don't Yet. don't. It's a marathon, not a sprint. With this, yeah, I'm please. I'm just trying to give wealth to people who love us. Good idea. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rich. Adios. Stay listening, friends.